This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount Plus. I'm in a period of emotional upheaval. I saw all the oh, I don't care crap. A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm gonna steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Way, Brady PG 13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Terramount Plus. Um, am I are we actually live? I think so. I think so. I think we are. Yeah, it's it's showing up as you being alive. Okay, good. I just didn't get the like. Usually, usually there's a message that says like, blah 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 blah. There's a message. Yeah. Um. Hmm. It looks like we're live. Yeah, we're live. Weird. Weird. All right. Look at look at my tweet. Look at the werewolf. Give me a sec. Give me a sec. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's pretty good one. Yeah, she's typing werewolves. It's pretty good. I just typed in werewolf in the, in the GIF finder, and it was pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's pretty good. He even makes a rah face at the end. He goes rah. At least that's the sound I'm assuming he's making. Here we go. Bam. Uh, there was one gif associated with what I looked for. So I t- oh my gosh. What did you, what did you, it's pretty good, huh? Fair enough. Oh dear. That's scary. You know what's really scary are the werewolves in uh, what we do in the shadows. Those are really scary werewolves. We need, I need to look that up for you. I think there was a show. There's a show on Netflix. Have you seen that show? Have you seen it what we do like, in the shadows? No, I haven't. You would love this. What we do in we'll the shadows, um, werewolf. There was there was a show. I think it was like Netflix. One of Netflix's first original series, maybe their very first one. I don't know. Uh, it was called Hemlock Grove, uh-huh. and it had quite possibly one of the most gruesome werewolf transformations I've ever seen in my life. Uh, like the the snout of the wolf erupted out of his mouth and ripped his face in half as it was coming out and i was like that's okay (laughs) that's that's next level (laughs) it's it's pretty uh it was pretty extreme oh man these these werewolves and what we do in the shadows are pretty good they're pretty good let's see maybe we can find a um a video real quick while we're just getting set up oh there's the automatic post uh (laughs) <laughs> werewolves, not swearwolves. <laughs> what? Oh, T-shirts and... Uh, so we're going... Videos. Crutches, huh? Oh, come on. What are you talking about? Ah, 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 
got a bundle of sticks. Chase this bundle of sticks. Oh my god. Those guys look unpleasant. <laughs> Season trailer. Werewolf feud. Hold on. I'm going to pull this up. I don't think anyone expects this. There's a bloody big werewolf on the lawn. <laughs> Quick. Why is its foot in the trap? <laughs> okay, you got to see this one. He looks so dumb. Oh, man, he's so dumb looking. Here, I'm going to post this in, in the chat. You have the stream up. You can just click on the, the link in the stream. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> this show is so good. Are you watching it? <laughs> I don't know if I want to be watching. Oh, yeah. No, no, it's good. It's very good. It's a very good show. Uh, is it? It's great. It is. This is like my favorite show lately. It's on FX, yeah. <laughs> FX shows are not fun. What? No, they're this one's not, great. nothing wrong with the shows. It's just the fact that FX has some of the longest commercial breaks ever. <laughs> oh no, I watch it on Hulu. Oh, okay. I don't watch it on FX. It's not bad. It's yeah, not yeah. bad. Yeah. Hey, career. Yeah, and we paid for the like no commercial because we were watching some show that my wife was like super into, and then we were just sort of like, okay, fine, we'll just pay for no commercials. Oh, that's a cool werewolf. Yeah, your your post has a much better werewolf than mine. That's Morkvarg. Yeah, he's a cool looking one. Yeah, we're doing a we're doing a Witcher lore cast because uh, Tosi's going to be on vacation next week, so we're knocking this one out early. Cheers, cheers. Did you watch the whole clip? Did you watch? Did you see it? You see how scary yeah. that werewolf is? Like the last half of it was, <laughs> so was advertisement. <laughs> oh, was it? That's, that's a scary werewolf. The, the werewolves in that series super are Super so scary. Super duper scary. All right. Hey, you want to do a podcast? Hey, Daz. I mean, I guess. I guess we can do a podcast. All right. Let's do a podcast. Here we go. <laughs> Palverines. Oh, ball, Balverines. For some reason, it looked like a P. Oh, it's because it's on the screen. It's on top of that line. It makes it look like a Balverines. Balverines. All right, here we go. Let's do this. Welcome to The Witcher Lorecast, the show that explores the vast lore behind The Witcher games, show, and books. Welcome back, friends, to the Witcher Lorecast. We have another wonderful, spoopy, bestiary episode coming up tonight because we're in the middle of Spooptober. And this is a, a weird night to be doing a podcast. Uh, Toasty is going on vacation, so we're recording this one early. It feels like we just got together and spoke to each other, Toasty, just a few I mean, nights ago. Did. Two days ago. Two days ago. Yeah. yeah. So if you're tuning in live, this is a Wednesday night, which is weird because normally we do the shows on a Monday night. So you're getting a very early episode this week. But if you are listening to the podcast, you're probably getting this at the very normal time. So this conversation doesn't make any sense. But we were teasing this just a few nights ago. We're moving into werewolf territory. And you can tell us werewolf territory by... Um, all the uh, pea stains under the trees, right? Because werewolves mark their territory like dogs do. Is that a thing? I mean, 
I suppose. I suppose. Do you th- I suppose. Can you distract them with squeaky toys? Uh, I don't think so. I don't no. think you can. No, you can't. They like uh, to be scratched under the ear. I think, like I think the they ear. mark their territory in different ways than normal normal dogs. Uh, I think okay. uh, that doesn't work. Less pleasant ways. Less pleasant ways. Oh, okay. Well, you, you're the expert on this. You're the one who put together the show notes. So I will, I will uh, let you tell me what the official word is on how werewolves mark their territory and some other things. So why you don't know, we? Funnily enough, <laughs> uh, I didn't in in any of the research I did. I don't. I didn't see anything about territory marking or squeaky toys so i th- <laughs> i think there's just maybe a lack of 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 attentiveness on on you know the internet's part maybe i don't maybe know maybe they didn't invent squeaky toys yet in the world of the witcher i feel like that's a more modern invention maybe not maybe not maybe not or maybe they just you just need to like grab hold of a chicken and a duck and squeeze it until it squeaks a squeaky bird mm-hmm. Me? Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Have I ever squeezed a chicken in my life? I don't think so. I don't think I have either. A I used mouse. to, I used to raise chickens, so I don't think so. You Maybe, used to raise yeah. chickens? Yeah. Really? I didn't <laughs> I know that. I, I, was born, I was born on a farm. <laughs> I was born wow. on a farm for a long time. Wow. Yeah, I raised chickens. Can you squeak a chicken? Uh, I, I don't remember squeaking any chickens, so... I suppose they'd probably make like a... Sound rather than a squeak. Normally, yeah, yeah. It's it's a lot harder to catch chickens than you think. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I bet it is. All right, so uh, well, okay, we'll put the chicken talk to the side here, and let's. Why don't we move into werewolves? So, where do we start with werewolves in The Witcher? And I'm I'm assuming werewolves in The Witcher are a little bit different than just stereotypical werewolves, or at least they're more specific than maybe what the average person would think about in a werewolf. Right. Yeah. There's some, there's some key differences there from witcher werewolves and like the, I will say probably the modern concept of werewolves, because this is kind of like the first time we're delving into like a more popular, like monster. I mean, we we talked about wraiths and stuff, which are kind of like ghosts. So kind of in between. And then Mm -hmm. like, there's no real modern variation of a striga, but werewolves are like, everywhere i mean i would say they're probably like maybe the second most popular like supernatural creature behind vampires i would say yeah so, yeah they're up there in pop- of a, popular media it's sure. be a bit of an interesting episode so i'm gonna i'm gonna read a little a little excerpt Ooh. from 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 uh about werewolves here all right can you do it in like a, a cool narrator voice uh, I'll give it my best shot, but right. my voice doesn't have a lot of range. If you haven't noticed before, <laughs> well, let's just give it your best. So let's, let's go for I'll it. Give it a shot. Yeah. Here, here we go. I'll get real close. I'll get real close. Yeah. Yeah. Neither animal nor man. The werewolf takes the worst from both species, the bloodlust and primal nature of a wolf and the ruthlessness and cruelty of a human. Whoa. Pause. Pause. I like this. I like this. The bloodlust and primal nature of a wolf but then the ruthlessness and cruelty of a human that's some dark stuff not the ruthlessness and cruelty of a wolf but of a human oh man okay this is like well so they're kicking actually, this off right at the beginning 
Yeah. So, so this is a little thing. I, I'm obviously not an expert in wolves specifically, but I did, uh, I, I really do like wolves. Like if I was to be an animal, I would want to be a wolf. That's like my, my top choice. Um, and wolves aren't really like, there's, they're not like violent or, or, you know, like cruel in nature. Right. Like they hunt, wolves are they very protective species. Right. Yeah. So like, yeah, they, they, they'll defend themselves from other like predators or like people or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course they hunt and whatnot, but that's, that's how they live. That's, you know, it's not right. like they're doing it just to be malicious as um, like, as a, like a house cat will just toy with its prey <laughs> in a malicious oh, yeah. manner. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. And, and wolves <laughs> right. are very like caring in, in nature. Like they, you know, they're pack, they're, they're very social creatures and uh, like, they're very like loyal to the pack and whatnot. Uh, an entire pack of wolves will die to defend the cubs from a, you know, danger. It's so they're, they're really like noble, honorable, honorable creatures. They're not cruel. The cruelty comes from human from stuff man. this so. is why this is why we trained wolves and we domesticated them into dogs and that's why dogs are amazing that's why dogs are better than cats and we just lost half of our listenership i probably less than half that the <laughs> internet's popular opinion is that dogs are better than cats let's be honest i like both um i think dogs are a bit easier and nicer than cats cats are pain in the ass <laughs> i wouldn't know <laughs> I got we're, two of them. we're very quickly losing listeners all right no, it's cats fine. are it's fine, fine too i'm just i'm just all allergic right. to them so let, i, let I have continue. to be biased all right let's let's move yeah, on let all me right. get let me get back in here okay <laughs> a one becomes a werewolf as a result of a curse thrown by a witch the change itself is uncontrollable and unwilling a man who transforms back to his human form can't usually remember the atrocious acts committed as a werewolf werewolves are creatures of the night and they are especially active during the full moon they usually go hunting alone as there rarely is an opponent that can match their strength agility and fast health regeneration if a werewolf actually encounters an enemy that has equivalent strength and can fight a fair fight the creature can call for woven reinforcements that will come to its aid a good way of dealing with werewolves is a sword covered with oil to combat cursed creatures or a silver bomb that will temporarily block the creatures regenerative power man they they call out for they do the like wolf howl thing and then the other wolves are like up oh, time for the pack to regather together because one of our buddies needs some help which yeah which which gets back into what i was saying before like you know the wolves help each other they stick together and we've talked about that to some extent from you know the school of the wolf and how they they kind of act so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so uh out of the excerpt and get back into normal voice <laughs> <laughs> werewolves are therianthropes who transform into wolves or have wolves as other such creatures they are hardly hurt by steel but very vulnerable to silver right right and also the silver bomb which stops the regenerative power of the wolf Mm -hmm. which is which uh, makes a lot of sense this idea that like if you're going to kill the thing you need to be able to wound it to the point where it can die and it doesn't it just stops healing (laughs) long enough that you can kill it yeah yeah there are two common ways to acquire lycanthropy and contrary to popular belief being bitten by a werewolf is not one of these ways well that's good yeah Uh, the first way is to be cursed 
And the second is by having a werewolf parent. It is possible, however, to contract lycanthropy through a bite, but there's only a small chance from this. Hmm. Hmm. Those who are born as werewolves are able to fully control their shape-shifting abilities, while those cursed or bitten change into their werewolf form only during the full moon. Those who became werewolves during their lives, however, are the only ones who can be cured. The wolf's bane plant is said to mitigate the illness's symptoms. Wait, so you're, if you're the offspring of a werewolf, you can't be cured from it, but you are in more, more in control of the transformation. Yeah, you are. If you are the offspring of a werewolf, you you are not. You can control it, so you are not forced into it at any like at any time. Like whenever so, you change it to werewolf, that's your choice. Right. So you could go among the population and never transform if you don't want to. Uh, I believe so. I believe so, so you could look like a regular human and just be normal as much as you want, and nobody would ever know for the most part. But mm -hmm. you would still pass it on to your children, potentially. Yep, and uh, it's not without uh, like certain as as it says symptoms. There's there's certain consequences to being a werewolf, right. even one in control of the change. Uh, Therianthropic diseases, including lycanthropy, appeared in the world after the conjunction of the sphere <laughs> spheres affecting non-human and early human populations alike. According to Erbolth, lands in the Toyna Valley, also called the Dogbane, were plagued by werewolves before the Nordling colonization. Yeah, the Dogbane. Did you get the Dog name bane. because of the werewolves? Probably. <laughs> that, that would make sense, right? It would. Uh, werewolves have a legendary sense of smell, Exceptional even amongst real wolves, lycanthropes are usually on good terms with other canines and, as one would expect, hate werecats. <laughs> that makes sense. That, course, that would make sense. Of course. Yeah, yeah. So um, there's a question in chat. Uh, Switch in bed says, are grandchildren of werewolves affected? Um, and I don't know that we know that question specifically, but it seems to me that if it is passed from parent to child and the child exhibits the traits of the werewolf then it then potentially could be passed to their children and as long as the line sh shows the traits then the traits can then be passed on to the next generation yeah there's i it didn't go into specifics of like how much of a chance there is of contracting it this way um it could be in a sense of like there's a hundred percent chance that you get it like mm -hmm. if your parent is a werewolf then you there could be a hundred percent chance that you'll be a werewolf and therefore that that entire generation or that entire like line will just be werewolves but so right. but i wonder like the, that raises the question though like is it is it potentially a recessive gene type thing where you could have it you have children the children don't exhibit the signs of of lycanthropy but they it's it's like a recessive gene they have children and then their children show it because they could still pass it on even though they themselves don't necessarily show the the signs of having it like uh, it would be interesting I, I don't know of any stories in the witcher where that happens i don't know that um, yeah i i don't know exactly they uh, it's possible that it's a thing that could be 
like explored easily. I mean, as we know, like mages and sorcerers and things often do a lot of like scientific experiments and whatnot. So right. Gene studies I'm sure and things. If, like someone was capable and managed to like have like a, a line of werewolf werewolves that probably be easy enough to find out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't think anybody has like committed to that yet. So, right. Right. These breeds of cursed creatures are quite fast and very lethal. They can jump great distances and at such high speeds that defending yourself, uh, defending yourself against one could be challenging at best. Utilizing the sign Irden can be a useful way to slow them down, making close quarter combat safer. Igni and Axie can also be used to stop the werewolf in its tracks momentarily, leaving enough of a window for one or two heavy attacks. Werewolves have a powerful health regeneration ability, even more potent than that of ghouls. Witchers who are unable to give enough damage output within a short time will have to be prepared for an exhausting fight, if not at all impossible. As long as the werewolf can regenerate health faster than he takes damage, it can outlast a witcher no matter how good he is in defensive and evasive tactics. Right. That's that's like what I was stating earlier. It, it doesn't matter how much damage you do if it can outheal the damage that you're doing on the werewolf. Yeah. I remember, I remember the, the first time I, uh, fought a werewolf in the in Witcher real 3. life. Oh, in, in the Witcher 3. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, no. In the Witcher <laughs> 3. Um, I remember cause I, obviously you don't know these things as much. And so, you know, you're fighting this guy and you're trying to play it safe, right? You're like, okay, let me get into that little window, do some damage, then, you know, play it safe, defend a little bit so that you don't die and i realized like i was doing that and he was just regening everything that i was doing and uh-huh. i was like what what how am i supposed to beat this guy <laughs> yeah and you just gotta wail into him yeah yeah and they're just yeah. really fast and stuff so it's hard to like you know defend and whatnot so i ended up i remember i ended up using axie a bunch to just stop him and then just like hitting him, him a, a ton and then yeah so it it was uh it was kind of slog the first time I, I fought one, though. I will say that much. Fire, bleeding, and poison effects can be used to slow their regeneration down, although inflicting these statuses upon the werewolf is a challenge in itself, considering their speed. So it's... Mm. Werewolves are tough. Um, and I think it's it's kind of interesting to come back to... This is like the... Because we rates aren't like human anymore they don't really exhibit much of their human behavior because they're dead and they've forgotten what it is to be alive for the most part uh so you know you don't have to really uh talk about like the humanity aspect of wraiths because you know there's really nothing there and striga don't really possess that unless the curse has been removed so it doesn't it's not like a transitioning effect because they're you know, they're a monster until you cure them. And then they're not a hundred percent a monster anymore, but there's still some of those monster instincts. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, no one really talks about that as much. And this situation with werewolves, it's weird to talk about because they are like the most fluidly in between on these aspects because they are human. They are alive. It just, sometimes they turn into this monster and you know do bad things but they have a lot of werewolves and whatnot have like kind of control of their faculties and things 
It's a very right. interesting dynamic here with these with werewolves in particular because they are as we've seen for like people like who played the Witcher 3 and whatnot, there's quests involved. There's people like the uh, the one where the dude ends up killing his his wife uh because the sister like takes her out into the woods to see that he's a werewolf and he ends up killing his wife and doesn't even know it and is like I don't know where my wife's at, you know, Hey, Witcher, can you help me find my wife? Mm-hmm. But, and he, he still feels like the hurt and the guilt from doing this once he finds out and he's like distraught about it. So he, he regrets doing these actions. He doesn't revel in it. Right. So, right. It, yeah. Just, there's, there's some more self-awareness than in some of these other monsters. Yeah. All right. So we have some notable werewolves here from, uh, the Witcher. So first we have Otto Dussart, who was a uh, a nonviolent man cursed with lycanthropy. Uh, and he and Geralt have actually helped each other in the past. Because Geralt uh, had some interaction with them, and because he was he wasn't like he didn't he didn't want to hurt people. Geralt actually like spares him. Uh, so interesting yeah um yeah we have vincent mize head of the city guard and vitsima in the the first witcher game he used his lycanthropy to kill criminals at night and then Geralt is presented with the option to either killing him or sparing him so right. here like this guy has control somewhat of of his like his mental state when he you know, shifts into a werewolf because right. he's, he's putting his, his, his curse to a better use by like specifically killing criminals. Right. It's like, it's like he's, he's, he still has the bloodlust, but he's using it as kind of a vigilante. Yeah. It's like, he's like channeling it into a more positive, more out, noble outlet. thing. Yeah. It's still illegal, but it's a more noble use of it. Yeah, because this, uh, I mean, he's head of the city guard. He obviously wants to be uh, an upstanding citizen. Right. And And he knows who to, he knows who to target. He probably has very good reason for targeting these criminals and and, uh, pretty good solid proof that they are the ones who are actually behind things before he goes after them. So I imagine it's kind of like in the sense of like, whenever you come across that, that criminal, that's just so high status, you can't do anything about him. Right. Right. He's basically the punisher. You go after him with, yeah. If the punisher was a werewolf, he's the punisher. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Uh, We have Eberhardt of Rivia who's a mage and scholar and lived in Novigrad and even came up with a medication to stop the transformation. Uh, though he still experienced fits of anger and bloodlust around the full moon. So, so this is kind of what I was talking about before. Yeah. Yeah. So even if you don't have to transform, there's still things that are associated with it. So here, like mm-hmm. he managed to not transform anymore, which all in all is a good thing because, you know, as a werewolf, he would do a lot more damage, but he started to deal with, you know, the anger and the bloodlust and that affected him. And he had to be prepared for that, you know, even still, um, cause you yeah. still do stupid stuff when you're angry and bloodthirsty. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Human, so. uh, you know, yeah. And even just as a regular person, Andy was a mage, which he was a mage. So he had access to magic. Who knows what? So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the king of the wolves, uh, He's more of a minor one uh, that you encounter whenever you're playing during the, the 
first Siri level, I believe, in The Witcher 3. The first time you get to play as Siri mm-hmm. and you help out a little girl and then you have to kill the, the king of the wolves who's just a werewolf. Um, and then probably one of the more notable guys, uh, Morkvarg. 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 And yeah, if you played The Witcher 3, you've definitely run into this guy. This is You've, you've seen him probably... Oh, a few times. Uh, he was a notorious pirate who feared nothing but the wrath of the gods. And this hubris encouraged him uh, to sack Freya's garden when he sailed to Hendersfjall. Disgusted by the atrocities Morkvar committed, one of his crew, Einar, cursed Morkvar with a wolf pendant. This curse made Oh, I must have put this wrong. Sorry. <laughs> the curse <laughs> made him a werewolf as well as trapping him in the garden and giving him an unsatiable hunger that he couldn't appease as all food he attempted to consume turned to ash. Mm, yeah. So, uh, but the part of the main quest, you have to go to Freya's garden. So you definitely at least encounter him somewhat. Um, but he did a lot of bad things, got cursed for it, even beyond just being a werewolf. That's kind of a double bladed curse too, because now you're just making a werewolf even more angry and pissed (laughs) off because he can't eat anything and satiate his hunger, (laughs) which I mean, that's not a very safe curse to have (laughs) set on a werewolf, you know, now he's just even more angry. Yeah, which I mean, it was it was fine because of him being trapped in Freya's garden, and like not a lot of people went there. It was mm-hmm. very few people, and as word spreads, you know, hey, uh, don't go to Freya's garden. Morkvarg's there. You know, people yeah. are like, okay, I'll just avoid it. You yeah. know, he would he so. would just prowl around and stuff. I, and that quest uh, ends in some very interesting things that um, uh, Yennefer does in order to remedy the situation. Uh, that, that one, that that's one? part of a different kind of thing. Uh, I think she has to raise a dude who I think more yeah. killed. Yeah. But, yeah. But there's some, there's some really interesting stuff that gets decided and really pushes her to use some powers that she doesn't want to have to use. And it gets pretty dark. Hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, cool stuff. Um, if you haven't played through the Witcher three again, totally worth playing through some really cool uh set pieces in that game oh yeah sure. for sure for sure so we've got to take our mid break right here but what are we going to talk about when we get back from the mid break so we're going to delve into a couple different aspects of werewolf folklore so we're going to look at um the kind of i think more common ideologies of werewolves the things that are people are more aware of in in modern media uh and then what i think they drew their biggest inspiration from is that werewolves in slavic slash polish polish folklore because we know they uh a lot of a lot of inspiration was pulled from specifically that nice all right well let's go thank our patrons and we'll we will be right back very well let us get this over with something has infested my vineyard mm-hmm. great let me go prepare my something oil then all right here we are in the middle of the show and we are are so so thankful for our patrons all six of you guys for being here and supporting the show so thank you to all of you guys and if you are you know, listening to this at work or driving to work and listening to this or working out and listening to this or washing your werewolf. 
and listening to this and we're helping you get through your day, then please consider going to patreon.com slash Witcher Lorecast and taking a look at all the different tiers. So you can get ad-free episodes, episodes early. If Toasty and I are going off on some tangent before or after the show and having some sort of extra conversation, then you can be part of that as well and get the extra content that happens every so many episodes. We'll, we'll add some extra stuff in there. Um, also, if you want to join us on the end of the month patron episode, you are welcome to do that as well. There's a tier for that. Uh, tier four members are able to do that. And the end of the, the end of the month patron episode is coming up in just a few weeks from when we're recording this and when this goes out it'll be just a week away on the 25th so that is coming up very very soon so we'd love to have you join us on the end of the month episode so go check out patreon.com slash witcher lorecast and thank you to everybody who who signs up and helps us out also if you're looking for other ways to help us out that doesn't cost any money then you can just tell your friends that's also that's the best way to help us spread word of the podcast if you love the witcher you love the tv show you love the games the books and you just want to share it with some friends and as a way to just learn more about the world of the witcher then share the podcast also leaving a rating and review on apple Podcasts is a way to do that as well you don't have to listen on apple Podcasts; you just have to have an apple account it's really easy to just sign up, go to the website. You can just search Witcher Lorecast Apple Podcast. It'll come right up. You can leave a five-star rating and review, and we'll read out your words on a future episode of the show, and it really does help us. So those are some easy ways to help us out, so we really do appreciate it. And um, we don't have any new reviews right now because it's only been two days since we recorded our yeah, last episode yeah, of the show. So. <laughs> but maybe by the time we do our next show, we'll end up with some new ones. And uh, that's what we got going on. So thank you to everyone who helps us out. We really do appreciate it. We wouldn't be able to do this show and have as many listeners as we do currently for such a young show as we do now if it wasn't for you guys. You really do make this show possible. So thank you to everyone. And thanks again to the patrons. You guys are the best. All right, let's move on with the rest of the show. You smell of death and destiny, heroics and heartbreak. It's onion. Right, yeah. All right, so we're talking real world folklore. So where do we start? Real world folklore. Yep, yep. So uh, we're going to start with uh, what I think probably is more of the modern idea um so what we have here right is some uh, no one's actually really sure where exactly where we'll start it so we have some 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 possibilities here uh some scholars believe that the werewolf made its debut in the epic of gilgamesh oh wow the oldest known western prose when gilgamesh jilted jilted a potential lover because she had turned her previous mate into a wolf this is this is very very old yeah like, gilgamesh is like sumerian folklore right yes so this is this is like extremely old this is thousands of years old literature yeah yeah it's pretty pretty crazy uh werewolves also made another early appearance in Greek mythology with the legend of Lycon. According to the legend, Lycon, the son of Pelascus, Pelascus, that's an interesting name, angered uh-huh. the god Zeus uh-huh. when he served him a meal made from the remains of a sacrificed boy. As punishment, the enraged Zeus turned Lycon and his sons into wolves. Right, that's lycanthropy. That's yeah. like, like Lycan is Greek. So that makes sense. Yeah, which, yeah. yeah. Uh, and 
Werewolves also emerged in early Nordic folklore. The saga of the Volsungs tells the story of a father and a son who discovered wolf pelts that had the power to turn people into wolves for 10 days. The father-son duo donned the pelts, transformed into wolves, and went on a killing rampage in the forest. Their rampage ended when the father attacked his son, causing a lethal wound. The son only survived because a kind raven gave the father a leaf with healing powers. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, that sounds very Nordic. <laughs> There's a lot of Nordic yeah. themes in there. Uh, ravens and, stuff. and wolves and uh, yeah, father, son, all that kind of stuff. Um, uh, you know, I wonder I wonder if there's something inherently uh, bind. There's so much about man and wolf and man and dog. Historically, we know that we've been raising uh wolves and and you know uh, evolving them basically into dogs for a very very long time that um there's there's just like kind of a, a bond between our two species and it's it's happened for such a long time and it probably has a lot to do with the um the waste and the food that we would throw out and the availability of that food was probably very appealing to the wolves that would be in the areas and wolves are very common in many different locations around the world. And that food was probably appealing to the wolves. So the wolves would be interested in getting closer and closer to the humans, but they were probably kind of scared of the humans because the humans had fire and we had spears and things that, you know, we would throw at the wolves in order to get them to go away. But of course the wolves would be still, you know, interested in the food, especially when it was winter and they were very hungry. And then, you know, somebody was smart enough to like, try to train the wolves and try to get, you know, one of the more docile ones to do what they wanted it to do by using the food. And then we started training them. So I think fundamentally, probably for, I don't know, 10, 20,000 years now, we've probably had the kind of this love hate relationship with these very large. I mean, like this, this is something that the modern world doesn't think about the size of wolves, like a large dog is a big thing. You don't want to have to wrestle with a large dog that's angry with you. Like it will bite your arm or your neck and could potentially kill you, right? Like a trained yeah. guard dog is a very dangerous thing. Wolves, like a large wolf could be two to three times the size of that. <laughs> like, like yeah. That is a very scary thing to have to deal with. Um, and most wolves, they don't like with a dog, you know, you get, a, you get attacked by a large dog or something. It's normally you're going to face that dog by itself that's, it might that's be it. Yeah, so, it might be by itself yeah. not necessarily so, in a pack yeah wolves <laughs> normally like even if you manage to you know you're not faced with the entire pack which you know chances are you wouldn't be but you're still going to be out there and normally wolves hunt in like at least groups of like three to six so if yeah. you face one wolf yeah. in the forest likely there's two more or more <laughs> With uh, it. lurking away with it. because they're also incredibly good at being stealthy. Right. So you probably don't even know that they're like right behind you. Right. And their body weight is probably equivalent to yours. <laughs> at least like yeah. that's that's like, it's gotta be scary. You know, like human beings, you think about hum the way human beings lived 10, 20,000 years ago, hunting, gathering out in the wilderness. Mm -hmm. you know, that, like th there must've been a love hate relationship with these creatures because there was something appealing about them. They were, potentially trainable but at the same time very frightening so yeah. it makes sense that we were telling these stories historically for very long periods of time throughout history yeah and and if and i thought i'd like to think that humans also possibly um like noticed just how i guess effective 
they are as a group. Oh yeah. Because yeah. I don't know if, I mean, obviously we don't go out to the wilderness looking for wolf packs to see how good they are hunting something, but we but might've been following the same prey and noticed yeah. how, how well they hunted things but, and maybe even learned from them. Yeah. I've, I've been, uh, so I've used to, I live in, I live in Texas. So, you know, a lot of Texans like to hunt. Uh, I have gone hunting plenty of times before in my life. Um, and I have gone hunting with, with dogs. So, uh, and, and normally what you do is you have like a trailer with all the dogs on it and whatnot, pull it and you pull it with the truck and you have two, depending on how, I guess, how big your group is we had a pretty, pretty good size. We had like a dozen. Um, so it was pretty crazy. Uh, but we had two, uh, kind of scout dogs mm -hmm. and they would sit on top and they were like the most trained. Um, and, uh, so they would sit on top of them on top of like the, the kennels. And whenever they smelled something, they would immediately jump and start going after it. Uh, and that's whenever we knew because they were so well-trained, they wouldn't go after just anything. Like they knew yeah. what they were supposed to go after. And that's when we would release the, you know, the rest of the dogs and how effective a highly trained group of dogs can take down animals is insane. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. it's terrifying. Right. They are so effective. They normally you let like this, this, this group of dogs loose and they're taking down whatever it is they're going after in a matter of seconds. Yeah. Now imagine now imagine animals that are significantly larger in size and more effective and more deadly because they have much bigger teeth and they're faster. Like mm -hmm. that's just, and, uh, it's and they don't hesitate. Like these, yeah. the dogs that I hunted with, they were trained to restrain the animal. They weren't trained to kill the animal. They were trained to pin it down, restrain it. Right. The wolves. They don't hesitate on that. They're, they're killing. Yeah. So. The size of a wolf's head is the size of your torso. Like yeah, its so. mouth could probably get its way across your entire torso. Yeah. It's just like, that's, I like that. They yeah. <laughs> some humans saw that and they were like, like we need to get us some of those. Yeah. They're really good at this. They're way better at hunting than we are. We need right. to get some. Right. And <clears throat> so. and if we keep them in our camp and feed them our scraps, they'll they'll growl at things in the middle of the night and wake us up. They'll be our like our alarm at the same time to keep yeah. you know. And no. And and our neighbors over there, if these things are sleeping next to us at night, they're not going to mess with us in the middle of the night. Oh yeah. <laughs> like oh, yeah, you get messed up. Yeah. Trying to nobody's going to mess with us if we got these guys in our camp. Yeah. Like it totally makes sense. But I, I think that's the the core to some of this stuff. Is this like like the danger, but the appeal of working with things like wolves creates these stories. And so it makes sense. Like this, this idea that like, oh, that's the wolf guy. He's crazy enough to try to train a wolf. Well, maybe he's maybe he's got a special magic coat that turns him into a wolf. And that's why the wolves trust him. You know, like these kinds of stories spin out of that. Right. Right. So we got some uh, a little bit of a. Uh information here about kind of uh werewolves as shapeshifters mm -hmm. um so some legends maintain werewolves shapeshifted at will due to a curse so we see a little bit you know there at uh the ones that got cursed weren't the ones that were able to shapeshift at will but we do see a little bit of you know the dynamic of either being able to control your shift being cursed other state they transform with the help of an enchanted sash or a cloak made of a wolf pelt so some sort of like magical item that allowed them to do it right uh, yeah. still others claim that people became wolves after being scratched or bit by a werewolf and i think that's probably the most common Right. like conception that people have, of, you know, people get turned into werewolves and they get bitten by a werewolf. Right. 
So uh, in many werewolf stories, a person only turns into a wolf when there's a full moon and that theory may not be far-fetched. According to a study conducted in Australia's Cavalry Mater Newcastle Hospital, a full moon brings out the beast in quotations <laughs> in many humans. The study found that out of, that of the 91 violent acute behavior incidents at the hospital between August 2008 and July 2009, 23% happened during a full moon. So something about the full moon brings out, I guess, mm-hmm. more are more uh bestial nature yeah, this is this is something that um in skeptic circles they've they've really looked into a lot and it turns out that this is actually not uh it, it, what it seems like it, it is so um I, we can go into it in a little bit more detail but it it's one of those things where people tend to uh it has something to do with like there's more light out and there's other reasons around this it's not that people are more violent during full moons but there's other reasons why things happen during full moons that don't seem to be happening um there's also some confirmation bias in some of these studies but i don't know it's one of those things that mm, it's not it's neither here nor there but um i think historically that in a time where there isn't as much street light and things like that on nights uh there may be more people out and about during a full moon because you actually can see like think about when you live in a place that's very dark and there's moonlight on a night where there isn't very much moonlight. It's actually really, really dark. It's actually very hard to see if you've ever lived somewhere where there's just not a whole lot of light out. But on a light where you do have a full a night where you do have full moon out, you actually can see at night like it's it's bright enough that your eyes can adjust. So people are more likely to go out and do things on those nights. And some of the things you go out and do on those nights are nefarious. So you're more likely to plan to do something nefarious on a night where you can actually see. So there, so there's some there's some rationale behind that as well. Fair enough. I mean, you're the expert here in the that side of things, <laughs> so I'll take your word for so, it. So I don't know. There's uh, there's some other reasoning for why that may or may yeah. not actually be true, but you know, who knows? Uh, then uh, a a instance called uh, uh, Peter the Wild Boy uh, in 1725. He was found wandering naked on all fours through a German forest. Many thought he was a werewolf or at least raised by wolves. Peter ate with his hands and couldn't speak. He was eventually adopted by the courts of King George I and King George II, lived out his days as their pet in England, which, you know, that's obviously mm. not great, but that's 1725. Yeah. So obviously things like that happened. Uh, Research has shown that Peter likely had Pitt Hopkins syndrome, a condition discovered in 1978 that causes lack of speech, seizures, distinct facial features, difficulty breathing, and intellectual challenges. Uh, Other medical conditions that may have encouraged werewolf mania throughout history are lycanthropy. (laughs) This is Uh, like the medical condition of of lycanthropy where people believe they're a werewolf, right? Yeah, a rare right. psychological condition that causes people to believe that they're changing into a wolf or another animal. Food poisoning, hypertrichosis, a rare genetic disorder causing excessive hair growth. Have you seen rabies. pictures of, of, of hypertrichosis? Have you seen this? No. There are families that um, have this genetic disorder. They pass it on to their children. And the way that like 
we as uh, males grow hair on our faces and it it's limited to say the lower part of our faces right like our you know our jaw lines and our, our mustache areas and then uh you know your eyebrows well people with hypertrichosis actually grow hair almost o- all over the the front of their heads so their hairlines down to their eyes and their faces up to the tops of their cheeks grow hair so it uh, like an image of like an old movie where they do like the werewolf and they just put hair all over their faces to make them look like a wolf man and they don't actually oh, yeah. do like the snout or anything. That's kind of what they look like. And um, this is actually pretty common. Um, there are some families that live, I believe, in Mexico that have hypertrichosis and this affects some members of the family more than others. And it affects both men and women. And there are some of these members of these families that live mostly hidden away because they don't like to go out and be parts of their community too much because they look different and there's nothing else quote unquote wrong with them other than they have this odd genetic disorder which causes them to grow extra hair on their faces and other parts of their body as well but people will call them like the wolf man or or things like that Hmm. and it's it's unfortunate because it's you know there's not much they can do about it but it does look like it does it is very odd because it's striking and when you go out with all that extra hair on your face People are going to notice. And the last thing was uh, hallucination caused by hallucinogenic herbs. Uh, I believe you're a werewolf because you're on drugs. You're on drugs. Which, (laughs) yeah, drugs do crazy things. So, (laughs) yeah, believable. Uh, Throughout the centuries, people have used werewolves and other mythic beasts to explain the unexplainable, which, you know. A lot of people know that. Uh, in modern times, however, most believe werewolves are nothing more than pop culture horror icons. <laughs> right, right. So a lot of this, a lot of this stuff comes from a history.com article called "History of the Werewolf Legend." So if you guys want to go look that up, you can you can search uh, history.com, uh, "History of a Werewolf of the Werewolf Legend" for the full article. If you want to find out more about all that stuff. So, uh, citing our sources. So there citing you go. our sources. Woo. Uh, and this so that that's pretty much uh what i had for kind of the more i guess modern conception of werewolves Mm -hmm. uh and here we got uh uh, an article on brendannoble.com on the uh uh, and here we start getting into the 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 slavic slash polish stuff where it's hard to pronounce yeah the the wilka lock or the vuka lock okay uh or the werewolf in slavic mythology um so oof let's do it let's we're committing we're committing to the pronunciations of words we don't know uh the the (laughs) vuka I'm going to, I'm going to oh, search gosh. a pronunciation for this while you I started dying. Oh my gosh. Die. Um, the Vukadlok, uh, means a wolf, wolf fur, by the way, um, to the early Slavs, the wolf was a symbol of gods such as dad spog. Okay. Dad spog. I'm seeing this and I'm seeing dad bod, which is just funny. Sorry. We'll just call it dad bod. Okay. Dad's you want to hear, you want to hear this word pronounced? Here, oh gosh. Let's see, let's see if it, it'll come through. Here we go. Let's, let's see what the website says. Wilkolak. I don't think that's how it's pronounced. Wilkolak. There's a little computery there. Oh, that's what it, that's I mean. What it said. Wilkolak or something. I don't know. Uh, here, I'll try another one. Uh, uh let's see english pronunciation 
Will Kolak. <laughs> okay, let's, let's hear it in Polish. Polish pronunciation. Wilkołak. Oh, that sounds... That sounds that right. Sounds Here's another, another Polish pronunciation. Wilkołak. Wilkołak. All right, that, okay. that sounds about right. Okay. Okay. All right, I'm okay. done with that. Well, yeah. that that works then. Yes. All right. <laughs> All right. Anyways, back back to back to the article. Um, yeah. To the early Slavs, the wolf was a symbol of God, such as Dadsbog, the white wolf specifically, Mars Marzana or Morana, mm-hmm. uh, Velis, and sometimes, I guess it's just Davana, but. It's some of these things are spelled a little differently. It's giving us more uh, easily easy to read. Um, it mm-hmm. symbolized the ferocity of nature and was meant to be respected and often revered. The wolf also howls at the moon and was believed to have some connection to the phases of the moon, which will connect to the Wukalak later. Um, the combination of fear and worship was common for the early Slavs with both the gods and the creatures such as the wolf and bear. While the bear was often considered more kingly, though, the wolf was an aggressive outsider willing to strike the shepherd's flock. This could be a literal or a representation of the fear of outsiders. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, and yeah, nearly every Slavic village in pagan times was unfortified and an invader could strike at any time. So, you know, back in times like that, if you don't have a fortified village, you're just going to get raided probably all the time by like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, the making of a Vilkolak. Vilkolak. I'm, I'm not good at this. Uh, Vilkolak. It did much better. Vilkolak. So in the Christian idea of eating wolf meat. So I'm sorry. So if the Christian idea of eating wolf meat and the Western idea of being bit by a werewolf aren't the ways one becomes, then how did it happen? Uh, the Vilkolak is different <laughs> than many other creatures. It isn't undead. It isn't undead. Uh, right. Okay. It isn't undead, right? Which actually fits here because uh, <laughs> we talked about an undead thing. Um, uh, it's not classified as a demon. Uh, it is not the lingering soul of someone who died unnaturally or lived an unnatural life. It's like we said before: they're living, mm-hmm. they're they're among people living lives. So the first way one becomes a vokalak is voluntary. So like many demons in Slavic folklore, powerful enough witches and sorcerers could shapeshift into a Vilkodok or, uh, or other creatures. Uh, processes for this differed, but one story involves a sorcerer leaping over knives placed on the stump of an ash tree. So Often one struck but- by lightning. Often, oh, that's cool. In these cases, the change was temporary, and the sorcerer could simply do the ritual backward to shift. Back. Wait, you like jump backwards over the tree again? So weird. So, so you just have like a dead designated tree stump outside. Like you just have one outside your house. Right. You go out, cut down a tree. Honey, I'm gonna go run lightning. around with my wolf buddies. You jump over the tree. Oh, and then you just run off. The, that's like kind of crazy. Like. That, that's very interesting like i've to, for that like that's a very specific ritual uh-huh. and yet still so simple goal. it's just jumping over a tree stump hey but like hey uncle uncle sorcerer guy can we go play outside in the yard yeah that's fine kids go play on the yard 
Stay away from no, the No, no, don't jump no. over that. Oh, no. Oh, no. The kids are oh, all no. werewolves. Oh. Hey, did this way come backward <laughs> which it says they do the ritual backward i'm wondering do you have to jump right backward right. over it how do you manage that's that? harder to do it's harder to jump backwards over a tree stump than to forward over a tree stump yeah uh, <laughs> so this was the the uh one of the voluntary methods here but it was uh-huh. also possible to become one unwillingly mm-hmm. one such possibility was to was to be one from birth mm-hmm. like we were talking about before like the, the similar like the Striga. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Or yeah, similar. Yeah, similarly to uh, some other demons like the Striga and the human form of the Zudak, uh, most uh, most commonly told in the Carpathian regions. This version of the Wukalak was typically considered punishment for the poor actions of one's parents or simply being born at the wrong time or in the wrong direction. It also wait, 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 wait. More- being born in the wrong direction. Does that mean like coming out breach birth? Like, what does that mean? Possibly. Possibly. I don't Possibly. Know. That's weird. Okay. Interesting. I guess, I guess if there's a very common way for, you know, babies to be aligned when they come out, and I guess if you don't, then yeah, it, uh, yeah. Head first. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It also aligns more with the typical Western view of the werewolf changing forms between humans and the Vokalak under eclipses and certain uh, phases of the moon. Right. Oh. In their human form, they were hairy, but there was a little else to identify them besides forgetting their actions at night. Mm. This Vilkodlak, like most others, could heal quickly and was incredibly powerful. The unique thing about it, though, is its carnivorous and sometimes cannibalistic tendencies making it more relevant to being a demon. You know, mm. despite, despite this, it is key to remember that attacking people did not turn those people into Vilkodlaks in Slavic folklore. So, right, right. so in this folklore, it is hard to become, but it, you don't become one by being attacked kind of much like the Witcher where mm-hmm. there's a possibility, but it's very uncommon. Right. The final way one becomes a Vilkodlak is by a curse uh, more familiar things here. Yeah. Variety of curses were possible in Slavic folklore. And while we don't know m- of most of them, tales tell of witches and sorcerers turning people into Vilkodlaks. Two ways to do this were by throwing a wolf pelt over their victim's head or leading them through an enchanted doorway. Mm. In these cases, the Vilkodlaks transformation was permanent until the curse ran out or people shorten their time as one through various rituals. The transformed person was conscious and unlike the ones who changed from birth wept often. <laughs> they, people, they hate it. They were so sad. They're like, I don't want to be a Vilkolak. It's kind of like, um, <laughs> what, like beauty and the beast. Oh yeah. Sort of yeah. Where he got cursed, turned into a beast, but he was still himself with right. a bit more animalistic tendencies, but he's still like a human. Uh, these people were often said to be treated with pity more than fear. <laughs> right. Like, oh, that poor Vilkolak over there in the castle. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's 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 uh, pretty much it for what we got from there. So but as we can see, there's a lot of similarities to the mm-hmm. Slavic folklore for the the Witcher idea, uh, yeah. especially of the the getting turned into them, how that works. Right. So. Right. Well, that makes sense. Okay. Well, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. There's, um, you know, it does break away from some of the like modern day concepts of the werewolf and it does go a little bit uh, like a lot of the things in the Witcher and the Witcher stories does pull from 
the more Slavic and, uh, you know, Eastern European concepts and kind of works yeah. those into the stories, which I, I love because they're so wacky and like old world, you know, <laughs> jumping over a tree stump with knives in it. Yeah, that uh, was hit by and, lightning like or going through a cursed doorway, you know, like things like that. It's just like so seeing some of this stuff. Right. And I'm actually because you were talking about the, you know, the misconception of like people being more crazy during the full moon or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering, because uh, obviously a lot of the stuff is back in whenever it's like more pagan religion. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm not, it's hard to remember some things. Obviously I'm not an expert in pagan religion. So, <laughs> but uh, if I remember correctly in, um, in the Witcher, the books, they talk about, like i think some of the pagan traditions that get celebrated and whatnot like they celebrate that one big holiday that i can't remember the name of off the top of my head okay uh the one where the one that's like associated with them like dancing around the mayflower pole or something okay, okay. um but basically it was like I've, isn't there sort of like a relation between like you know the pagan religion and like the night of the full moon, like where they did these more wacky celebrations and whatnot during that. Um, I mean, a lot of, a lot of cultures had, I mean, there's a few, there's some very common times for many cultures to have celebrations. Um, most cultures have a, uh, have equinox and solstice Beltane. celebrations. That's what I'm thinking of Beltane. Beltane. And then yeah. many cultures have, uh, like full moon and new moon celebrations. Mm -hmm. Those are very common as well. So, um, but is that what you're thinking of? Yeah, I was just, I was, I maybe, uh, yeah. Cause it said that like for, for pagan holidays, the celebrated equinoxes, the Beltane, mm -hmm. um, and then like the solstices and stuff like that. Right. So obviously a lot of their, seems like a lot of their stuff was tied to the, the I guess, moon day cycle. Moon day cycle specific, right. yeah. And usually so. it had something to do with, uh, you know, the cycles of planting, uh, the food cycles, the time of year, things like that. Um, and being, being like keeping the people's traditions in line with the seasons and the time frame of the year. And it was, it was, I mean, it, it, fundamentally it had something to do with survival is really what it was. It was worshiping the, the nature spirits and things like that, like spiritual from a spiritual side, it was worshiping the nature spirits and doing those kinds of things. But from a pragmatic side, it was making sure that you were remembering to plant the seeds at the right time and gather your crops at the right time and, and do all of those things, prepare to do things at the right time and be on schedule is really what it was. So, okay. That just I was I was thinking of like one of I can't remember what book it is I know there's a a specific like uh, chapter uh, in one of the Witcher books where it's uh, a bit of a kind of crazy relation thing between uh, Geralt and Yennefer during Beltane mm -hmm. where they get they nearly get caught up in all or they do get caught up in all of the celebrations festivities of of everything and end up like kind of you know having their night of passion that they end up regretting immediately after because that's just the story of Unifer and Geralt so, <laughs> right but right yeah so I was just I, I don't know if it specifically was a full moon or not but I feel like that's a lot of I guess it's mm. it seems like that's commonly associated but yeah I'm not an expert in pagan holidays. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, this is a fun episode. I, I love taking a deeper look into some of these things and then looking at the cultural connections. So very cool. Very cool stuff. So we have uh, we have next week our which isn't next week. Well, for I mean, the people on the live show watching right live. So hello. Hello, yeah. live watchers. Uh, but for people who are listening, which is most of our audience um, next week is our our uh, patron episode. So that is that is going to be just one week away. And right now we've got uh, Ben of Tamiria joining us again. And anybody else who signs up on the Patreon as a tier four or higher patron can join us as well to discuss some uh, some creepy, creepy stuff. Because what are we talking about, Toasty? Uh, we're talking about, uh, I think, a creature that anyone familiar with uh, the witchy universe has definitely heard of before. Uh it's it's kind of the face monster of the Witcher Monster Slayer, uh, the Leshen, the Leshen, or the Leshy, yeah. as they said on the uh, interview for, for mm-hmm. the season two stuff. So. That'll be really interesting to dig into because I know there's a lot of different kind of representations that are really different about the lessons. So that'll be interesting to dive into like a lot of those different things. Yes. So, so uh, yeah, so prepare for that. And we'd love to have you join us. If you'd like to be on the show, you're welcome to join us. So I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be awesome. And until then, everybody have a wonderful week. We'll see you stay safe out there on the path. And thanks for joining us. So anything you want to share before we head out, Toasty? Uh, you know, the, the, the same stuff I said, two nights ago. same stuff you said where can people get a hold of you uh yeah follow us on the the at witcher Lorecast on twitter um uh, if you want to you know keep up to date which i'm terrible at i'm trying to get better at it i'm sorry apologize <laughs> to the people that expect more out of me <laughs> um and uh hop into the discord and now i'm on the robots radio discord uh and if you want to get in there and chat with me or some of the other uh people who who really like the show talk about all things witcher and whatnot you know i'd I'd love to see i'd love to see some really cool monster witcher meme posts in there monster witcher meme posts yeah i'd love to see some some like witcher like comics or witcher memes or especially ones having to do with monsters i feel like we need to we need to get some witcher emotes you got all the emotes for a lot of the stuff you do we need to get some witcher emotes well i i I don't know if we have more room to add more but um if if people want to boost the server i'm sure we can we can get some more slots so yeah we can we can definitely add some more it's just this is one of the newer shows on the on the you know list so um yeah we'll, we'll, we'll add them as we get some more room for sure for sure. Um, also, I, you know, you guys can reach out to me to, uh, on <laughs> Twitch at Robots Radio, on Twitter at Robots underscore Radio. I'm also streaming in the mornings. I'd love to have you come by and hang out with me, either playing games or working on some of the content that I work on. You can be my coworkers. You can help chime in. I can answer questions if you have any qu- questions about content creation or starting your own podcast or anything like that. Also, I've got a goal. I'm really trying to hit an average of 25 concurrent viewers on twitch and um we've got regular viewers that come in every day either on the shows at night when we stream shows like this after 9 p.m eastern 
or in the mornings after uh, 8 30 in the morning when i'm doing my morning streams so if you want to come help me out even if it just means putting me up on the screen next to you while you're working or whatever at home and you just kind of are lurking there and helping me get my numbers up that would be a huge help because uh secrets secrets went out there were some leaks on twitch that went out. I don't know if you guys know about this, but somebody leaked a bunch of information from Twitch and like all the top streamers money that they made over the last two years and all this other stuff. But oh, some yeah, of the heard some of the that. you heard about this. Some of the code yeah. went out and in the code, Twitch doesn't actually help support and uh, share your channel with other channels and like promote your channel unless you're higher than an average 25 viewers. Did you know this? Really? Yeah, I did not see that one. Yeah, somebody found it in the code. They actually downplay your channel unless you're above the 25 average viewers threshold. It doesn't. <sighs> yeah, yeah. And it's probably because that's like the like 90% of the channels on the on the platform, because otherwise you, the, you, you wouldn't stand out at all anyway. But um, but yeah, so if we can get get the channel up above 25 average viewers for like every stream, that would be huge. And all it would take is just some of you guys pulling the channel up when when I'm live and just lurking. And that would be huge. That would be really, really helpful. So I just saw the drama with Critical Role. That's that's all I saw. I know, man. They're making so much money doing Which Critical Role. I was like, I was like, apparently a lot of people are mad at Critical Role because they're making so much money. And it's like, well, the thing is, is that the reason they're making that money is because you're giving it to them. You're donating. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, all that the money that they le- the 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 dollar amount they leaked is the amount that they're doing in Twitch subscriptions for right. the most part. Right. And all you have to do is, is calculate the number of subscribers. And that is not a secret number yeah, of subscribers um, times 2.5 or 3.5 dollars. Uh, I was it. just laughing at that. I was like, people right. are actually mad because they make so much money, but right. it's their it's, it? own money paying them. Yeah. And I was like, they have to pay for a lot of stuff. The production value exactly. they put into their show is ridiculous. Right. If you love, so, if you love something, then go pay for it. If you don't want to pay for it, then put your money to something else you love. I mean, it's that simple, right? Anyway, exactly. um, so yeah, put your money towards something you love. If you love us, we'd love for your support or love just us, or please. just your eyeballs, you know, just, just give us I your eyeballs. I would love for you to love us. We'd love for you to love us. And if you don't love us, then love something else because somebody else is probably doing something awesome and they love, they love your support too. So, you know, that's how it goes. But thanks for being here. We'll see you guys next time and uh, stay safe on the path. All right. See you guys later. Thanks for tuning in to the Witcher Lorecast. We'd love to hear about your experiences with the games and the books and the TV series and all your thoughts on everything. Please check out the Robots Radio Discord and follow us on Twitter at Witcher Lorecast. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net.